0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, third-party feedback, how to decide. Here we go. In a previous cast about third-party feedback, we recommended ways to deliver feedback based on input from others, The importance guidance there was to remember that other managers may not think in terms of behavior, whereas if you're going to give feedback, (laughs) you have to know what the behavior was, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we left something out there that we get asked a lot, and that is, how do I know whether or not to give the feedback, and what do I do if my directs say I'm wrong? Now, you got to admit, Mark, that's a really good question. Yeah, in fact,
1: I felt like I had already answered that in the previous cast, but somebody pointed out, you know, you really just talked about how to take notes and and how to distinguish behavior from just the comments that most managers make. And so I said, oh, okay. And we were at a conference; it was two or three, three or, three or four years ago. And I said, oh, sure, it's fine. We do that. Here's what you do. And it was one of those moments where I just took for granted, because I've said many of these things so many times, so many different managers and executives. I just thought, yeah. I've shared that before in a podcast. Well, I hadn't put it in a podcast. We hadn't talked about it on air. And it was a funny moment. We're in front of like, I don't know, 7,500 people at a conference. And all of a sudden, everybody is writing down exactly what I'm saying. It's totally quiet. No one is looking at me. Everybody's taking notes. And I thought, oh, everybody really wanted to know the answer to this question. Yeah, it made sense to people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So look, here's the answer. We have five steps. The first question you ask yourself is, do I believe it? And we're going to walk through how to think about whether or not you believe it. We're going to give you some simple, you know, kind of yes, no questions or analysis questions that'll help you get t- to the heart of, do you believe it? The second question is, is the source trustworthy? Okay. This is actually a subset of the first one, really, you know, that, that's about the person who's talking to you. The third question is, is the input reliable? And that's really more toward the behavior they're talking about, what actually happened, and the person they want you to give the feedback to, you're direct. Point four, and this is really, in my opinion, the core of this cast, even though everybody really wants to know the questions. If so, if you believe so, if you believe it, if the source is trustworthy, if the input's reliable, you deliver as if. What we mean by that is you deliver as if you believe it, which is to say, deliver as if you saw it or heard it yourself. And in fact, that's the standard. The believability standard is the standard for feedback, and we'll talk about that more in just a minute. And this eliminates the need to answer the question, what do I do when they tell me or they ask me, well, who told you that? It doesn't matter who told you, if you believe it. And so you deliver as if you believe it. And it's not a point of contention about whether or not it's true because you believe it. The fact is you believe things that aren't true all the time. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then the last point we make is, yeah, you might be wrong. And so we just recommend you remember our shot across the bow cast, which we'll reprise here very, very briefly at the end of the cast. So five simple points.
0: Now, isn't the question, do I believe it? Isn't that really the, the heart of the matter?
1: Yeah. Look, it, it, you know, if you can answer the question, do I believe it in a nanosecond, you're done. Okay. Now, look, in items two and three, the trustworthy source and the reliable input, okay, we'll delve more into detail about how to be sure, and we'll, we'll talk more about those, those questions, the ones we recommend. But it's really the overall believability of the instance that you're, you're involved in here that really, really matters, okay? So here's why this is important. Think about, for a minute, sitting in your own staff meeting and one of your directs is presenting a plan for a change in a particular process that your company uses, that you're responsible for. You ask a question in his presentation about one of his figures, one right on the numbers. He says, oh, I've got that information right here. And then he proceeds to clumsily paw through a pile of papers in front of him. And then, you know, he gets more and more frantic after about 30 seconds, and finally he sheepishly looks up and says, oh, sorry, it must be at my desk. You know, overall the presentation was pretty good, and you know, after the meeting, it'd be a perfect opportunity for you to give him some quick negative feedback, right? And, and now folks, if you don't know our feedback model, you don't know our take on feedback, don't jump to a quick conclusion because he could have given a great briefing and you could still say, hey, can I give you some feedback when you don't have the stuff in front of you and you paw through your papers the way you did. It looks clumsy, looks nervous, takes away from the total professionalism of your presentation. Can you do that differently next time? Yeah, I can't must. Okay, great. Yeah, not, not a big deal. No drama, right? It'd be a great time to do that. And you could give him the feedback because you saw and heard him do what
0: you're going to give him the feedback on. It's no sweat, right? Right. Of course, since you saw it, right, then it's got to be accurate. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. The reason you can give it though, this is what's important here. The reason you can give it is not really because you saw it and you heard it. You can give this feedback to this person because you believe it to be accurate based on the input, which happened to be your eyes and your
0: ears. Now you say, wait, I saw it. That's all I need to know. That's why it's accurate, right? I I saw it. So what else do I need to know? Well,
1: okay, but consider this. Suppose you heard one of your directs say something. You thought you heard pretty darn clearly, but you couldn't believe that they said it. You just couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's happened to me. <laughs> you know that's happening, right? Right? Yeah. You hear or see something and you think, that can't be right. Did I just see that from him? No way. So let me ask you, in those cases, would you give feedback? No. No. Yeah, exactly. I, I would bet you wouldn't. And you agree, right? It probably. You, look, it, it, it's uncertain. And if you're comfortable giving feedback in all kinds of situations, so it's not a question of the one bit of feedback you're going to miss here over the course of a month, right? You, you'd probably walk up to him and say, did I just see X? Did you really just do that? And look, if in fact it was closely related to what you know, it was a somewhat close to what happened. They might say, "Well, yeah, but but here's the situation, boss. I mean, it makes sense under the circumstances, right?"
0: Yeah, or oh, or, or geez, no, I didn't say that. This is what I said. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, one or two words missed make a big difference. Thanks for yeah, sharing that. Like,
1: you know, Jimmy Buffett says there's a big difference between lightning and lightning bug, right? There's there's just one little extra word there, but it makes a big difference. 1.21 gigawatts of electricity, to be exact. But look, in other words, if you saw it, but you didn't believe it, you wouldn't deliver feedback. Thus, the standard we have internally, whether we realize it or not, for giving feedback is believability. And it's not seeing or hearing or even reading, if it's a document, right? Yeah. The other thing, too, is we knew when we delivered the podcast on third-party feedback, and frankly, all of the early feedback casts, right, we didn't discuss the standard of believability. We knew that at the time we started talking about it publicly as opposed to individually with given managers and executives who were hiring us or training, we were training people or coaching executives. We knew that feedback or really any kind of performance communications was so rare among the average manager that if every manager in the world never learned the gold standard, the believability standard, as opposed to seeing and hearing standard, but if they simply gave more feedback to the directs about things they saw and heard, and and yes, therefore believed, right, organizational performance would be transformed because of more managers giving more feedback, which is what we're all supposed to be doing anyway. So the standard we all really apply is, do I believe what I'm about to deliver? And the fact that we don't have to see or hear something to believe it to be true makes it possible to give feedback that we believe actually happened about about stuff we actually believe in based on input from others. So it is incorrect to say I saw it or heard it. So therefore it's legitimate feedback because there's a step that always happens after the seeing and hearing, which is you believing as we prove that sometimes there's a, they're not perfectly linked. You can see and hear something and then choose not to believe it. On the other hand, you can also not see something and still end up believing it. As I've said about Mike before, if he tells you tomorrow's Christmas, you can get your stocking ready, right? So again, it's obvious in the cases where you see why it's, do I believe it? Because you believe it in part because you saw it. Now, again, we didn't share this standard when we first delivered the feedback model, because talking about both believability, this concept, this abstract, and behavior together was, frankly, we thought too much in terms of the subtleties of the idea. We, again, as I mentioned a minute ago, we just wanted people to start giving feedback and it's five years later since we did the cast almost, I, I, well, I don't know when this will come out, but pretty close and there has been a lot to cover. So sorry. It took so long. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I know. I feel, I feel, (laughs) I really do feel terrible about that. So that's the standard standards, believability. You've always folks, managers, if you're listening and you're wondering what, what, The answer is, you've always been applying this standard. You saw it or heard it. If you didn't believe it, you didn't give it. You mistakenly, no offense, but you mistakenly said, my standard is seeing or hearing. And it never was. It always was believability. And that believability standard allows us to accept input from other sources besides our own five senses.
0: Okay. I got that, but how do we address the whole believability issue with folks that may be giving us input? What are some of the questions I can ask yeah. to okay. determine whether or not I should believe right. this person?
1: So look, there are two questions that we said were the sub-questions, right, about believability. One is the source, and the other is the input reliable. Now, there are really three actors in the play here. There's the source, there's the recipient, right, You're direct, and then there's the activity that's involved. The first question we ask is, is the source trustworthy? Look, if you're not immediately certain that you want to give feedback, if the moment you hear something from some third party doesn't immediately make you say, yes, I'm going to give feedback about that, because of a complex melange of all the various inputs you have from your direct and their behavior and this person who's talking to you and their rank and their relationship with the person, and you could have all kinds of different subtleties around that, right? If you have to think about it for a second, first of all, we want to tell you that's okay. We know you're nervous about your direct saying to you, who said that to you? And I promise you, we're going to answer that in about 15 minutes and you're going to love our recommendation. I think that's why everybody was writing down my answer because it sounds so good when you hear it for the first time. It's like we're professionals when we do this for a <laughs> Um But it's okay if you pause. It's totally fine. And this cast is about help you helping you analyze a little bit more past the surface of that pause to give you a little bit more insight into what kind of questions you can ask, how you can think about the three actors, the source, the recipient, and the behavior, or the three parts of the puzzle, if you will. And it's okay for you to pause and say, hey, do I want to give this feedback? Because I'm not sure it's right, or I'm not sure I understand it. I'm not sure why I'm hearing about this, about this person right now. Or would my guy really do that? Is she likely to? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. When we talk to managers, the first question they have is about the source. They want to talk more about the person who has given them the information about their direct. Look, sometimes you don't know them very well. That's a good reason to discount information they give you. Sometimes the source doesn't get along well with your direct and you know it. And if you don't trust them to be ethical and you think they're throwing your guy under the bus, you don't give the feedback (laughs) because that source is not reliable. That source is not trustworthy. Okay. Um, Sometimes it behooves them to make your direct look bad. Now, this is where I'm a little bit of a Pollyanna because I just assume people, as Meg Whitman once said, you know, assume positive intent. And um, so, you know, I generally believe that people tend to behave like professionals I get burned sometimes, but usually not. But you know, sometimes the person could have talked to the direct, but they want to use your power as the direct, as your direct's boss, to have that direct punished after a fashion. Sometimes they want you to get your direct to do what they can't themselves do. In other words, they haven't been persuasive probably because of a lack of relationship power with that person, your direct or expertise power. The direct doesn't think they're as smart as the person does and they want to achieve their ends with role power. And, and quite frankly, your role power, because they don't have any role power with your direct. And it's also entirely possible that the person who has shared something with you about your direct means well and has information. That's of value that you want to share. So, when you're pausing and you're not 100% sure of giving or not giving feedback, the question we recommend you ask is, is this source trustworthy? Now, trustworthiness is not, trustworthiness is not a purely analytical thing. Each of us is going to perhaps answer this slightly differently about watching the same situation. That's fine. That shows us that good management can really be about judgment, and judgment improves over time, which is good for all of us as professionals, Okay. Now, if you want more detail about the question, is this source trustworthy, we have two simple questions. The first one is, how well do I know this person? And the second is, what is the relationship? What is their relationship with the direct? Okay, how well do I know this person? How long have you known them? How long have you worked with them? How much you find them to be an honest professional? Simple as that. And the second question is, what is their relationship with the direct? Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. It matters, okay? I think I said recently to, to a client, I may have said it on air, that if you think your directs think of you as a nice guy, you're wrong. Now, you might be a nice guy. You probably think you're a nice guy. That doesn't mean that's what your directs would say. They would say, you're a boss. And yeah, he's nice sometimes. Or he's nice a lot. But they wouldn't call you a nice guy. They'd say, he's my boss. And oh, yeah, he's a nice guy. But first, you're the boss. By the same token, somebody's relationship with your direct is colored by... If they're talking to you, they know that you are the boss of that direct, and that affects the way the information is delivered, and that affects the way the directs hear things from you as opposed to this third party, depending upon whether this third third party is a peer of yours or a peer of the directs or your boss's boss, for all we know. Now... The question about what is their relationship with the direct comes second, because if you really do know them well and you do find them trustworthy, you'd probably say, I don't have to worry about the relationship. She wouldn't ever be less with honest with me, even if she didn't like somebody or even if she thought she could benefit from their difficulty. I know she wouldn't do that. But if you're uncertain about how well you know this person, then you can ask how well is, what is their relationship with the direct? If you don't get good answers to that and you're still pausing with the person with the feedback, don't give it.
0: Okay, so one question was, is the source trustworthy? The second question you said was, is the input reliable? Now, what's, what's the difference between those two? What do you mean by that?
1: Well, this question is not about the source of the feedback, it's about your direct, who they are and how they behave. The question is, can you see this instance that's being shared as something that's possible from your direct and based on your knowledge of their behavior? I got it. Okay. In other words, the input. In other words, the input that you're getting gotcha. is from a person, even if it's a reliable source. Mike, if you tell me Wendy did X, even though you're terribly reliable, if I know Wendy better than you, I might just say, okay, you know, old oh man, he's crazy. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's Crazy, he's he's crazy he's talk. talk. <laughs> he's crazy talk.
1: Yeah. Get on the crazy train over there, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it takes both sides a sense of confidence on the part of the source, as well as an analysis of the input, the instance, the behavior coming from your particular direct. Other than the person who's telling you, in that case I'm mentioning, it would be you. The two factors are who they're talking about, the direct and what happened. And it boils down to a simple question. Would this person who works for me do this? Look, obviously anyone is capable at any time of doing anything. But does the behavior being suggested seem reasonable of this person? Is this behavior reasonably assumed to have come from this person? Now, look, we know a lot of things that go into that analysis, right? If your first thought is no way, then don't act. If your thought is, well, maybe go back and remind yourself how trustworthy the source is. You know, and and nothing wrong with considering how your direct has been behaving recently. Now, I'll also tell a story that I, we use often when we talk about disc profiles and behavioral analysis and communication tailoring. There's a, there's a saying that the people at InScape who provide us our disc products uh, told me that I think is just brilliant, and I've said it probably 10,000 times in my life. If someone gets a disc profile and they disagree with it, they're always wrong. I mean, I'm wrong <laughs> about a lot of stuff, but, but anybody who disagrees with a disc profile that's done professionally is, is wrong. They're just unaware of how other people see them they're not cognizant of other people's perceptions of them. And the way I say it, it goes like this. And again, this is not my original makeup. Someone taught me this years and years, 20 years ago. And they said, look, if one person tells you you have a green tail, they're an idiot. If two people tell you, you have a green tail, it's a conspiracy. If seven people tell you, you have a green tail, you turn around and look. So, If you say to yourself, no way, it's fine to discount from a reliable source. I want to say this again. It is completely fine, folks. You are under no obligation to deliver feedback about a direct to a direct of yours from a source that you know is reliable. If you can't see it happening from your direct, it's okay. That's your judgment. It's fine. Okay? And you might say to yourself, gosh, that makes it a lot easier because there's just one guy who's always going to be a few of my guys and he's a pretty reliable guy, but I just can't see it happening. Okay? Fine. You're okay doing that. But now the second or third time that he tells you, or particularly if you get second or third input from somebody else about one of your directs, now you got to start turning around and looking. Okay? To modify our story about the green tail.
0: Just may have a green tail. Maybe.
1: Yeah. So if you think, well, maybe... I don't know. I mean, he's been acting kind of weird lately. He came in late last couple of days. Maybe it's possible. Then you say, let me get back and think. And, and if I look at again and I say, wow, it is Ozan that's giving me this feedback. Or, you know, it's Cedric from France, our guy in tool's France, Latouille's de manager, right? It's like, okay, <laughs> Cedric wouldn't BS me, right? Gerhard in Germany wouldn't BS me. Wendy certainly wouldn't, right? So if you're certain of the first part, reliable source. But then you think about your direct saying, nah, I don't think so. Or, nah, that had never happened. You walk away. But if you think, well, I, you know, I suppose it's possible, then go back and ask about your source again. If your source still sounds sounds good, it's okay to deliver. It's also okay to not deliver, and we have an out on both sides. I'm going to tell you the out for you not delivering when, in fact, let's say you had omniscient abilities, omniscient powers, and you could say, oh, I found out later that I was wrong, that it in fact happened, I replayed history, and yes, he's accurate, this input was accurate. It's okay that you didn't give him feedback the first time, because one of two things will happen. It will happen again, in which case you'll either be there or you'll likely get the input or it won't happen if it doesn't happen then you didn't need to have given it in the first place because the behavior changed if it does happen again it's no big deal you get a chance to give them feedback and if somebody were to sit out there right now and i know this is happening somewhere in the world in one of the hundreds of countries that people listen to us somebody is saying well okay that's technically true but gosh i mean that's not right because we missed an opportunity to give feedback." Well, let's not make the manager tools feedback model, the reason why, or your lack of knowledge of it, be the reason why all of the feedback in the world that could have been given to all the directs in the world has not been given up until now. We often tell people at conferences who really want to give negative feedback the day they go back to work after we tell them, no, you have to wait until you put in place one-on-ones if you want to really use this stuff well. We tell them, go ahead and keep doing what you've already been doing regarding negative feedback, which secretly we know means absolutely nothing exactly. anyway. Yeah. And so another month before they do it again is not the end of the world. Now, if you're a heart surgeon, it's different, okay? But we don't think of heart surgeons as listening to us on how to be better at heart surgery, okay? It's not life and death, it's management.
0: All right, so we determine the source is trustworthy, at least we believe him or her to be so. The input's reliable, the behavior that was described, we can see the person doing that. And so since this is third-party feedback, we're going to deliver it a little bit differently, right?
1: But deliver differently how?
0: I don't know, man. You're you're the guru.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm the guru now. Woo-hoo. Now, you don't deliver it any differently. Remember, the standard is the same, okay? I think there are some people who are going, thank you for the questions. That's really what I want to get out of this cast. I actually think the real value of the guidance is here And if so, deliver as if. Once you have those questions answered and you have decided to deliver feedback, you deliver the feedback as if you were there and you saw and heard the incident yourself – because you've already made a determination that you believe it, which is the same thing that you would do if you saw it or heard it yourself. Remember, the standard isn't whether you saw it. The standard is whether you believe it. So if you do believe it, you give feedback as if you do, therefore as if you saw it or heard it. For most of us, that's in the first person without mentioning someone else. This is the important part. If you believe it happened then you might as well have seen or heard it yourself. Now we're not saying that you have no risk here. We we joke at conferences, right? When we give people answers they don't like, Mike, we say we didn't say this is risk-free manager tools, right? right. If you want risk-free, people say, "Well, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing because I don't want that risk." And we just say, "Well, that's just clear. It's just clear to us you haven't done any risk analysis because believe me, there's risk in what you're doing. You just don't see it because you're comfortable with the set of behaviors you're engaged in at the time, right? But look, if you believe it happened, you might as well have seen or heard it yourself. I think when people hear it that way, they think, wait, okay, I think I get it. I really do have to believe it as if I saw it. I better go back and think about those questions again. Now, again, the danger could be, what if I'm wrong? Well, we're going to, we're going to address what if you're wrong here in a little bit. in in point five, we're going to talk about shot across the bow. Okay. Maybe it sounds like a high standard. You really do have to believe it as if you saw it. But it may be easier to think about the opposite. Would you give feedback if you didn't believe in it? And the answer is, obviously not. No, yeah. And so once you believe something is deserving of feedback is true, it seems to us that the professional thing to do is to deliver it. Once you make the decision that you're going to deliver it, doesn't it make sense to deliver as if... You believed it and saw it as opposed to waffling on it and increasing the chances there's going to be an argument about it. Why do it half-heartedly? That just increases the chances your direct won't find it helpful or they'll push back more. If you had seen it, that's what as if means. You wouldn't do it half-heartedly. You wouldn't deliver half-heartedly. If you're going to deliver it, you want it to work. And if you want it to work, you want to do it well. And as a coach I once had told me about anything, if you're gonna, do it. Meaning, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do anything in the world, just do it. I mean, do it. Don't don't sashay into it. Do it.
0: One thing that also comes up in the conferences: it's a lot easier to do this if you start off step two in the feedback model with "when you" versus the right. bad habit of "well, when I see you do X, or yeah, when I hear exactly. X, or starting with I." You start off "when you." When you are late to meetings doesn't really say whether you saw it or not. The fact is, right. you're the one that's you're late making late to a the statement. Meetings.
1: Right, you're you're defining the truth. You were late to a meeting. Yep, exactly. Now, they can argue with you about whether or not they were late, but now they're arguing with you and not really about the input. You've already decided the way you deliver when you establishes the truth as you see it, and rank has its privileges in this case. A little bit of rule power helps.
0: The truth as you believe it to be. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Whether
0: you saw it or not. Wouldn't it be great if everybody's truth was
1: actually the actual complete and total truth? Yeah, that'd be nice. Talk about world peace, Okay. Okay, now look, so when people ask us that direct pushback question, who told you that? The answer is so easy. What you say is, what's important, Brian, is that I'm telling you, I believe it. And now they immediately realize they may be pissed at the guy who told you. And they may know who told you because only one person saw them do this thing. And you don't need to get into that with the person who told you. You don't need corroborating evidence. If you believe it, you believe it. This is not a court of law. This is not management law 101. So they may very well know. They may be thinking, I'm going to get that guy. But In terms of the feedback, and again, that's totally unprofessional on their part, and that would be deserving of negative feedback if that were to happen as well, Um, but you'd have to have behavior in order to give feedback on it, as opposed to just a thought or the intent of instant death for someone. But the moment you say, I believe it, even if they want to go kill the other guy, they know their fight is with you. The moment you decide you believe it, their fight is with you. It happened. If you believe it, it happened. That is roll power 101. Victor's right, the history.
0: Okay, so good enough. I give the feedback. What if they push back? One, because they're just being defensive. Or two, they're pushing back because they honestly believe they didn't do it. Then what? If I believed it and it happens to be false, aren't I now in trouble?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, um, I I do want to say this. I probably should have said it a little bit differently. Once you analyze the incident's believability, what this means is when you're talking to them the source is really no longer relevant because you believe it. If you really believe it, the source is no longer relevant to you. In fact, you become the source in sort of a an inference model, uh, inference decision model, right? And so you say, hey, I'm telling you, I believe it. Now, your question is, what if they push back and say it didn't happen that way? That's what you're asking, right? Yep,
0: and if they say it didn't happen, Look at all I've got, what I'm going to argue about my source. Haha. See, that's what they want you to do.
1: They want to adjudicate with you the
0: elements of the crime.
1: But when you get pushback, we've already talked about this in our Shot Across the Bow podcast. Remember, this is one feedback incident. If you do get pushback, it's not that big a deal. You don't have to win the argument. You don't have to prove that you're right. You high Cs, you don't have to win. You high Ds, you don't have to win. High Cs, you don't have to be right. In the Shot Across the bow cast, we recommend walking away from the, the bubbling conflict in the event your direct doesn't agree with you or finds fault with your feedback. Seriously, folks, don't engage. Remember we told you there were two possibilities. You were right to believe it or you were wrong. If you're right, then you deliver as if. If you're wrong, you still deliver as if, and then you walk away when there's a problem. Now, remember, in, in a third party case where somebody else is giving the information, there's no such thing as you being right, even though the input was wrong. You can't blame the wrongness on the source because you believed it, you delivered it. At the point which you deliver it, it's your feedback. Let go of the source. You've taken the source out of the equation. Everything your direct wants to talk about the source is irrelevant to you. Again, there's only two possibilities. You're right and you're wrong. But the thing is, you're not going to truly know what actually happened. So rather than arguing, walk away having delivered the feedback message. If you're right, the direct knows it, and she's just being defensive. You're not going to teach her anything at that moment anyway. And she's just going to be more uncomfortable longer if you argue with her about what happened or didn't happen. But now, here's the key of shot across the bow. Now she knows that you know she did it. And it's quite likely, remember, the purpose of feedback, encouraging effective behavior in the future, is going to get achieved without any argument. Why would you argue if you could achieve your ends without doing so?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Unless you're I-D or I-C, right? If you're wrong, remember... First of all, remember, you can't know that you're wrong. You can only believe you're right at the point you're delivering it. So just apologize and walk away. If you deliver in a relaxed way, it not only decreases the chances that you're going to get defensive behavior from people, you'll also be less defensive of your delivery. It'll increase the chances that your direct will simply see it as feedback and not that big a deal. Apologize. If they say that's not what happened, say, oh, I'm sorry. Let me walk away. No worries. We don't have to talk about it. I don't think you understand that's not the way it went. Really, seriously, let it go. You know what? I was wrong. You're forgiven. Yay, verily. Let's move on. What's great about this is when you know you're right, look, five people in this case told you the exact same story, which your direct vehemently denies, you can still walk away. If you believe it, and you believe in the purpose of feedback, which is to change future behavior in the event of negative feedback, which is what this cast about, You can walk away and feel good about it because either you're wrong, in which case you should walk away with apologizing or you're right and arguing doesn't help you win more rightness. That to me, being able to walk away from a fight that doesn't serve your purposes is really a form of professionalism. And it's really keeping your purpose as opposed to your method or your process at the top of your mind, which is achieving that change in behavior in the future. Cool. That's it. I mean, it's really, that's it. Look, you ask yourself, do I believe it? You ask yourself a question about the source, how trustworthy are they? And then you ask about the input. Do I believe the activity is possible from my direct? And what do I know about my direct? If you decide you're going to do it, deliver as if you saw it and heard it and you believe it. That's the standard believability. And then remember, shot across the bow. Even if you're wrong, if you give feedback frequently, it won't be that big a deal to your direct. And if you're wrong, you can say, I'm so sorry, and you walk away. And if you happen to be right and they're just posturing, they'll know that you know they did it and they'll likely change your behavior anyway. And that way you achieve your purpose. And again, no arguing, no fighting, no drama. If you see or hear something yourself, you believe it. If you believe it, you'd give feedback about it. So the question is, do you believe it? Not, did you see it or hear it yourself? That means you have to believe the source, and you have to believe, in this case, your direct actually did, or could have done, what was suggested. If it's true, you deliver as if you saw it, because you believe it, and if you're wrong, let it go, and recognize you're probably not wrong, and that's good enough. Excellent. That's it.
0: Thanks, my friend. My pleasure, partner. Yeah, we'll see you next week.
1: Okay, folks, that's it. We thought we'd switch it up this week, and I'm doing the outro, because it's so difficult. Mike takes care of it for me. Thanks for being with us this week. Hope to uh, have you with us again next week. Until then, take care.